One last mailbag. Retired numbers getting Dennis Schroeder off the ball and a lineup for one game to save the earth right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. Whether you're listening to the show as a podcast, watching it on YouTube, however you're doing it, thank you for making it something that you listen to on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. Uh, I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I wrote a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which is available everywhere you buy books, and on my personal website, johncorrales.com, for... 30 bucks if you want to personalize. The copy makes a great gift. Today, we're emptying out the mailbag. Mailbag. One last big mailbag. All of the questions that I've gotten, it's all going into this show. And as I've told you before, I'm leaving vacation, not near a computer for two weeks. So the next two weeks, I've pre-recorded a seven-episode series deep dive into the Brad Stevens coaching era to get you through those next two weeks before basketball returns and the preseason starts. That's what happens in a couple of weeks. So let's dive right into the mailbag. Simon at Jovian Shadow, my guy, uh, brings up a previous question about Marcus Smart getting his number retired and asks a question about retired numbers, saying, uh, like a championship banner, what if there are number banners instead, and instead of retiring a number, your name is added to the number banner and it's in the rafters as a permanent reminder to all. Not just anyone could be added. They'd still have be special enough to have retired the number. What do you think? Uh, maybe an added criteria could be number can't be worn again until that last person to wear it uh, has been given permission or has passed away. So I think there's something to that, um, it's kind of like a Hall of Fame, Wall of Fame, Ring of Honor type of thing. And I can see like the number two hanging in the rafters and having it say our back because number two was retired for Red Auerbach. But that's one where you could give it to a player. And then if that player ended up being worthy of it, you just hang, you know, under number two, under our back, you put another name there. And the, the great number twos can be retired, you know, 34, you know, some numbers, I think there still needs to be some level of reverence. Like who's going to wear zero again, who should wear number 33. You think anybody should come out there and wear number 33 again? That would be silly. So I, I think there's some level of number retirement that I think is worth it. Uh, I think the Celtics are in a unique situation where maybe they need to come up with something different to maybe honor these guys. I, I, I personally, I think putting a zero in front of the number works. So two is retired. Oh, two 
works, right? You know, the, the double zero is retired for Robert Parrish, but zero is in circulation. Why can't that work? Why can't O three be in circulation? You know, why can't O six be in circulation? It's, it's a different number, but you still get to use those numbers again in a roundabout way. That's my solution to get numbers back in, into circulation. And then if you want to go moving forward, say ring of fame, ring of honor, you know, something like that. I, I'm, I'm all for that. But my solution to the numbers number problem is at least for the single digits, add zeros in front. And then you can, you can go from there. I mean, at this rate with that solution, we're going to be going to like triple digits and you know, whatever. We're going to start doing decimal points uh, at that point. Um, Mihai, I hope I pronounced that correctly, asks, um, I believe the best thing about having these new players alongside the Jays is that they will allow us and the coaching staff to see what works for them, who they play and work better with, even if the reclamation projects don't pan out, we will have a better idea of what works and what doesn't. Do you believe that the starting lineup in the rotation should be adjusted based on personalities and how well certain players connect with each other off the court then chemistry can come naturally. I understand where you're going with this, but to me, it's still about fit on the court. So uh, I'm not going to get two friends in the starting lineup just because they're friendly. I want the best possible starting lineup. I understand where you're going with chemistry. You want to get that chemistry going faster so people who like each other are going to theoretically share the ball more. I'll tell you what, I can just tell you that when, when I was playing, and granted, it's a much lower level and there wasn't money involved uh, to this level at all. So it wasn't, it wasn't this kind of uh, situation. But I think when you're on the floor, you, you play with who you play with, right? People make uh, something of that. Like there's a guy that you hate on the other side of the floor. So you're going to look at him and be like, nah, screw you, man. I'm going to pass it over this way. Uh, I, I don't think that happens. You, you move the ball and you move the ball. Like, what you're, where that comes in is maybe you're less to- tolerating of a mistake and there's the way you handle things might be a little bit different, but I think off the court stuff is, is frankly overrated. I don't need these guys to be great friends off the court. I, I just don't, I need them to be cohesive on the court and I don't care after the game. If they go their separate ways, they don't have to party. They don't have to hang out. There are plenty of instances of guys who have different personalities. I mean, Kevin McHale and Larry Bird had very different personalities. They worked fine together. They'd seem to do okay. If you're good enough, first of all, if the talent is there, and if you are professional, professional enough, I think it's going to work out just fine. Josh says, I wrote in a year ago to get your thoughts about Jalen Brunson as a comparison for Peyton Pritchard. I'm even more bullish on the comp right now. So on and so forth. He says, what would you make of Udoka using Schroeder and Richardson primarily as two guards and asking Pritchard as using Pritchard as the regular backup one? I think this would make a lot of sense given how thin the C's still are at four in spite of Hernan Gomez. And so uh, I, I don't, this, this is a tough question because Schroeder on one hand, I don't give a damn what happens to Schroeder. If he, he's temporary, he's gone. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want him to be disruptive this season. It's, you don't want to have a, a backup point guard or backup guard be disruptive and it's just not worth him being disruptive. So I I don't, I don't really, I don't, at one hand, I really don't care how they use them. 
But on the other hand, I do think that for the sake of cohesion and keeping everybody happy and not having uh, a guy be a malcontent in the locker room, especially a guy who has a, a, a reputation of being a tough personality. So I don't want to take him out of position. I think Peyton Pritchard will find some minutes. I do think he'll get at least 15 minutes a game or so. Some of it will be handling the ball. Some of it will be off the ball. It's, it's just a matter of him finding that, that, that groove. Uh, so I don't want to go too crazy with, you know, Schroeder playing off the ball too much. I just play him on the ball, play him as your primary backup point guard, um, give him the reins, let him go. I think that's fine. It's not to say that he and Pritchard can't share the ball sometimes and have them both on the floor together. Uh, it gets a little problematic defensively, but I think Schroeder needs to spend a fair amount of the game playing how he plays. And I, I, I don't want to go, I, I don't want to disrupt that too much. Pritchard will be fine. I'd rather just let's figure out Schroeder for the year. Maybe you can get something for him, get past it. And then, I, you know, I don't want to punt a year of, of Pritchard, but let Pritchard kind of like figure it out within these confines. And then we'll move forward with it either at the trade deadline when Schroeder gets moved and Pritchard just slides into that, that backup role or in the off season, we'll figure out what the Celtics want to do. Another question that he asks uh, from Josh do you know which Celtics players are vaccinated, which are not? I asked because I noticed Richardson was posting some mis- misinformation about COVID vaccines on social. Uh, he says, uh, given the dramatically different rules for vaccinated and unvaccinated players this season, it seems like more vaccinated teams would have an actual competitive advantage. I do not know who is vaccinated and who is not. Uh, teams will not tell us. Players can tell us if they want, but they're under no obligation. And that's how it is. You're, there's no obligation uh, to tell me anything in regards to that. But I do agree. Teams that are fully vaccinated, if the entire team is vaccinated, they get more freedoms. They get to uh, participate in other events. They get to go out a little bit more. Uh, they don't have to be tested quite as much. It gets back to a little bit of normalcy. And that that does give you a little, just a little edge, just a little more comfort thing unvaccinated players do have to go through more rigid testing. They're more limited in where they can go. So that, that does present a little bit of a challenge and could be, could be something that, you know, if you're looking for little tiny things to swing things one way or the other, uh, then, then that could be one of them. Uh, I would hope that the Celtics get vaccinated. I'm not going to make this political. It's not a political thing. Your health is not political. Very simple to me. Let's all look out for one another very simple. You're free to do whatever you want. You don't have to. I think everybody should. I got it. I'm fine. My father actually got COVID. He got a breakthrough case. It was a mild case, 74 years old in a case with pre-existing conditions. He would have been, I might not have them anymore. I might've lost them. The, the vaccine made his case mild. The vaccine made all of us who were at the dinner table with him a few days before all tested negative. So I look at it from my perspective. The vaccine works and it's something to do for everybody else. So I'll leave it at that. Um, I do on this note want to, uh, before I take a break, want to say, uh, send out my thoughts to Edison Gonzalez, who is a listener who sent in an email. Uh, his father passed away from COVID in June. 
and he sent me a very nice note thanking me for the podcast, getting him through a very difficult time. And uh, I'm very happy to present some solace uh, for you in, in a situation like that. So uh, thank you, Edison, for the very kind note. And uh, my thoughts to you, uh, Jorge Gonzalez, uh, I will dedicate this podcast to you in your memory, and, and hopefully we can get past this situation uh, very soon. Again, my condolences out to Edison and the Gonzalez family. Be right back here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, football is back. It's that time of year again. Head on over to Bet Online for all the pro and college action. Get updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, all right now at Bet Online. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. You're going to get a 100% welcome bonus. Sign up, make your first deposit, use the promo code LOCKED ON. They'll match your first deposit. So, Get on over to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, whatever that sport is, or your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of these great offers. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Today's show also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another where you stream your favorite shows, then you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and then you get your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, that's going to change. There's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports and shows and movies all in one place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. Best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Let's get back into the mailbag here with Zachariah, who asked, do you think Grant Williams didn't play in summer league because Brad is trying to trade him and didn't want other teams to see him play a bit like Kyle Lowry did in free agency? No, I don't think that that's not, that's the case. I think Grant was given the option to go to summer league. He chose not to go to summer league instead to work out uh, on his own personally. And uh, when he was given the choice, he made his choice and that's why he didn't play in summer league. Let's head on to Robin's question. Robin asks, since the Celtics acquired Wancho, you've been talking about how good of a shooter he is when given minutes and how bad when playing fewer minutes. I'd like to offer a new perspective. Uh, Saying Wancho is very streaky, a one-dimensional shooter. His only way to be useful is using his only above-average skill, shooting. When he is shooting well, he contributes to the team. His floor spacing, when he doesn't, he's barely playable. Uh, thus, if Wancho is shooting poorly when he gets in, coach won't play him much. If he gets hot quickly, he will get more playing time. Uh, basically saying if the coach, uh, if he's hot, ride the hot hand. So Robin, I will say that I get where you're going with this. Uh, I don't think that this is necessarily the way to go. This is a great way to ruin a, a shooter's confidence. And you're right. His only above average skill is his shooting. At his size in that shooting, that makes him a very 
potent threat if it's, if it's going. So if you're able to give him a situation where he comes in with confidence and can play free, then you let him ride out some shooting. If he goes out there and misses a couple of shots and then you sit him, then that's a great way to have him just get tight. And when he goes out, he's just going to miss the next shot. Uh, the whole thing with a shooter is loose, comfortable, confident, let it fly. If you miss, no problem. The next one's going in. You got to believe the next one's going in. If you put a shooter in a position and say, here's what you're going to get. Here's what you've earned. Well, whatever it is for Wancho, off the bench, starting 30 minutes, 20 minutes, as long as it's consistent and you say, I believe in you to get these shots this time, go out there and do it. Yeah, he is streaky, but you got to give him the consistency to know I'm not going to come out when there is, uh, when I'm on a bad shooting streak. If, if you just pull shooters out when they miss, you're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna ruin them. You're just going to ruin them. Um, it's shooters can be very delicate and not to say that in a soft way, but any little tightness up in the shoulders, anything up here when, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, shrugging your shoulders, then tightness in the traps, any kind of anything that makes your arm instead of going in line out like this a little bit or, you know, shoot a little quicker because, or, or aiming a little bit more, anything that makes that, that shot form kind of tight then you're asking for trouble. So I, I understand the, the mentality behind it. Wancho is streaky. Let's figure out what streak he's on and let's just go with whatever. But what's going to end up happening is you're, you're going to, you're going to find that he'll never get hot and, and that'll be a problem. Christian says, uh, with all the moves we made this off season, it seems like we are still missing something. Do you think the Celtics are planning to go all in and build around the Jays, or do you think it's worth moving Brown and going all in on Tatum? I am very anti-trading Jalen Brown unless it brings back an absolute bona fide superstar. And frankly, who, who is that? Are you trading him for Kevin Durant? How many more years does Kevin Durant have? I mean, you can trade him for Kevin Durant right now, First of all, that's not happening. You're not trading him for LeBron. That's not happening. Who else are you trading for? Steph Curry? Like, you're, you're not trading him for Dame. I don't want him for Dame. Dame is, is great. I love Damian Lillard. But, you know, kind of like starting the back nine. You know what I mean? And Jalen's on the come up. He's 24. And who knows what he's going to be? I'd rather have Jalen Brown and that promise moving forward, considering especially all of the improvements that he's made. So I'm not going all in on Tatum. I'd rather have Brown, uh, and and I think the Celtics are planning to go all in around those two. The question right now for the Celtics is, is it build around those two with depth and hopefully some really good pieces? Maybe it's Neesmith or Pritchard who are homegrown and they grow into that. Maybe Wancho and Richardson kind of hit and you have, uh, you know, good supporting cast around them and you can add 
some ring chasing minimum guys and you can add somebody really good, you know, pretty good like Patty Mills with the mid-level. You can make those moves, then there's that. Or you can try to package a bunch of these guys and go for a third star, but I'm not moving Jalen Brown. I don't think that's the plan at all. All right, let's wrap up this segment here with uh, Fred. Fred, I love this question. One game to save the earth. Each player is at his peak. Here's my team with a few surprises. One, Magic in 1988. Two, Michael in 1991. Three, Larry in 1986. Four, Bill Russell, 1961. Five, Bill Walton, 1977. Ooh, that is a surprise. Try to beat this squad for an all-around cohesive team. The only issue is Larry defending at the three. Well, I, <laughs> I think that's a, it's a good lineup. You know, my, my, my lineup is Magic Michael Bird, Tim Duncan, Bill Russell. I'll have Bill Russell at the five, but really interchangeable with Tim Duncan. Uh, defensively, you're not scoring on this team, even with Bird, right? Like, Michael, this is that, that team is just is a killer. Walton, great. I, I, I'm not going to say I worry about Bill Russell playing out of position, but uh, that, that's a great team. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to list the years. It's just whatever year is their peak. Uh, but I, I like Tim Duncan. I mean, there's a reason why the Spurs were the Spurs. Spurs were nothing. And then Tim, Dun- Tim Duncan comes along, and all of a sudden the Spurs become the Spurs. And that changes the entire direction of the franchise, and he's awesome. So uh, I, I, I think I'm going to go with Duncan there. Now, here's, here's my team without any of these names. So let's say you've picked your team there. I'm going to pick a team without any of those guys. Still a team that I think can do pretty well. My point guard is Oscar Robertson. My shooting guard is Sam Jones. Small forward, LeBron James. Power forward, Kevin Garnett. Center, Hakeem Olajuwon. Good luck. Good luck with that team. That front line, LeBron, KG, Hakeem. (laughs) No chance. No chance. I mean, maybe against... Your team, there's a chance, but I mean, if I'm saying you can't use those players, I got to go save the world. Like you've saved the world with these guys. Oh, they're all tired. Go save the world again. My team, my starting five is going to kick ass. Sam Jones. Now, some of you younger people here, big O, Sam Jones, you might not know the full extent of the, uh, of their impact. Robertson, at was like the early, like the one of the first superstars of the league. At 6'5", at point guard, he did everything. I mean, he averaged a triple-double, which back then meant a little bit more. The rebounding was probably a little inflated as the assists were inflated this, this time around for Russell Westbrook, but the assists were not inflated at all back then. You had to work to get an assist. And Sam Jones, who is a Hall of Famer, a legend for the Boston Celtics, is one of the most clutch players of all time, and really one of, if not the, most criminally underrated players in NBA history. And I'll give you this lesson, a quote that I used in my book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. It comes from Bill Russell, who says, quote, in the years that I played with the Celtics, in terms of total basketball skills, Sam Jones was the most skillful player that I ever played with. At one point, we won a total of eight consecutive NBA championships, and six times during that run, we asked Sam to take the shot that meant the season. If he didn't hit the shot, we were finished. We were going home empty-handed. 
he never missed. That's Sam Jones. So I got Sam Jones on my team. I don't care. So um, great question, though. I love these historical questions. Historical debates are so fun. It's hard to compare between eras, but I think with proper context and understanding, don't just say, we're going to take Sam Jones and put him into 2020. We're going to take LeBron James and just put him into 1965 and watch him dominate. No, because if you take LeBron James and put him in 1965, well, LeBron James isn't lifting weights the way he's lifting weights. LeBron James is working a second job to make ends meet. LeBron James is dealing with the racist Jim Crow South. LeBron James is going through a lot that he doesn't have to go through now. He's not a billionaire. He's not billionaire LeBron James. He's LeBron, a guy who is probably going to be just as skinny as Bill Russell and look different. Or maybe he looks more like Will Chamberlain. Who knows? But he's going to be built different. He's going to be playing in Chuck Taylors, not these high-tech sneakers made for him with his name on them. It's going to be a lot different. I love having those historical debates because you can do the same for Bill Russell and putting him in today's game and say, oh, he's so skinny and small. Be like, "Uh uh-uh. In today's game, this dude's been playing basketball since 12. He is is cut. He's jacked. He's lifting weights. He was an Olympic track athlete as well. He was tremendously athletic. And all of today's advantages would make Bill Russell a vastly different player, at least look vastly different. So I can, I can go on all day long about this stuff. I'm not. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back to wrap up this mailbag podcast. So uh, stick around for a lot more, including some questions about my industry, which are coming up. First, I got to tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the best place to go for anything that you need for your car or truck. We know that those chain stores can't possibly stock all of the things every make, every model needs out there on the road. Don't bother wasting your time making the drive down there. Go to your computer, your own computer. Put that information you're going to give somebody else into your own computer. Cruise through the rockauto.com database. You'll find everything you need, a lot of different prices, a lot of different options. You can save 30 to 50 to 100% for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. They've been doing this for 20 years, taking care of local do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. So whatever you need, complicated, simple, whatever it is, go to Rock Auto. When you go and you do buy something, make sure that you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That's how they know we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Take some of that money that you saved on the car. Go on over to Built.com. Buy yourself the best tasting protein bars on the market. Whatever you want. Fruity, chocolatey, coconutty. It's all there for you. Some nine base core flavors that are awesome. If you've got a nut allergy, no problem. If you've got, uh, if you're on a keto diet, no problem. They're all 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories between 130 and 180. Four to five grams of sugar, four to five net carbs, amazing flavors, all delicious, all healthy, and their official, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 every single time. It works every single time. Go buy an assorted box. There's two of all nine flavors. Get that. Pick out which one, two, three that you like. Go to back to Built.com. Check it out. 
stock up, use the promo code LOCKED15 again. It works every time, 15% off your order at Built.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Hey, Fridays on the Locked On NBA podcast, Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavericks, Adam Marez of Locked On Nuggets. They power rank the, re- the week that was. I'm one of the Locked On NBA hosts. We've got great hosts every day of the week. So make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast. You will not regret it. Let's wrap up the mailbag. Some some interesting comments. People are curious about me and my job and all of that. You can always ask me those those kinds of questions. People have questions about the Celtics. You can ask me questions about my job, my my basketball background, my anything. I I shared some of that yesterday. But yeah, you can ask me stuff. Uh, By the way, so again, I'm I'm out the next two weeks. I've pre-recorded series on the Brad Stevens deep dive, johncorrales.com slash mailbag to submit your questions. When I get back in a few weeks, I'll try to answer some more of those. I'll, pe- I'll pepper those in regularly. So let's start with uh, Travis. Which is your favorite city to visit on the schedule? Uh, and then team-wise, which player do you think will exceed our expectations and why? He's picking Romeo. I'm... Sadly, a little down on Romeo. I think the summer league impacted me a little bit. So, um, which player will exceed expectations? Um, I, I'm I'm gonna go with you know I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart is gonna have his best offensive season of his career. I think he is going to surprise a lot of people. So. Uh, it's a little outside the box there, but I'm going to say Marcus Smart. Uh, the other question, which is my favorite city to visit on the schedule? New Orleans, baby. I love New Orleans. It's my favorite city outside of Boston. I love New Orleans. Can't wait to go again. I'm very sad about what's happening down there. Uh, I recently tweeted about relief uh, for for New Orleans. If you can find it, uh, pot, you can donate five, 10, 20, whatever dollars. Uh, that'd be, that'd be great. New Orleans is a great city, a great city. I love the vibe there. I love the music. Everybody's so cool. It's so inclusive. It's my favorite city. So shout out to New Orleans. Andre, will you be traveling with the Celtics this upcoming season? Like you used to, or has that changed because of COVID? Sadly, that has changed because of COVID. And, uh, I think, we don't have quite as much access as we used to. Um, we're not able to be in practices right now. We're not able to be on the floor with these guys. So traveling and going into shoot arounds where I, we would get a lot of opportunity here to, to, to get guys, pull guys aside, or even just chit chat with assistant coaches with Brad Stevens. I would sometimes just chit chat and talk about basketball or different things and, those are the opportunities to make, you know, some sort of connections there. Sadly, that's not there. And because of Zoom, it just becomes just more effective to watch the game at home and participate in the post game through Zoom. I will try to travel as much as I can, but sadly, the Delta variant has changed the game and, and made travel a lot more difficult. So um, 
until everything clears up a little bit, my travel will be reduced, which bothers me uh, a bit, but got to deal with it. That's, I mean, for me, it, it, it hurts my ability to do my job the way I want to do my job. Um, but I just want to make sure that it's clear using proper perspective. I'm, I'm annoyed, but I understand a lot of people have it like horrible right now. And so I want to make sure I'm not comparing myself to the doctors, the nurses or anything like that. I get annoyed because I have a standard that I want to hold myself to when I'm writing and reporting and all of that. And I'm annoyed that I can't do that. And so privately I share some frustrations, but also at the same time, it's, I get the relaxed dude. You're just talking basketball. So that, that is also true. So it can be both. I can be frustrated, but also understand that within proper perspective, like it's not that big of a deal. Aaron asks as the leading Celtics podcaster, thank you. This is the number one Boston Celtics podcast in the world. Do you believe or have any indication that any of the Celtics players, coaches, or the front office listen to your podcast? Do you think any of your opinions have even a subtle influence on the team and potentially shape some of the players, coaches, or front office decisions? Well, I will say, I did bring up Juancho Hernan Gomez a long time ago, and we see where this went. Um, uh, <laughs> that is 100% joking. Um, so here, I, I do know that people within the Celtics organization read what all of us write and listen occasionally to what all of us do. So I think now I don't think Brad Stevens does. I don't think, you know, I don't think Danny Ainge did necessarily. Um, although, although I think he might've listened to a couple of things here and there. Um, but I don't think they listen like people listen, but they, they do consume what's being said around their sphere so, um, whether it's, I don't think any players really care or pay attention. I think maybe some people in PR or their underlings, the interns or something may have to like, Hey, just listen to this and see what he said or anything like that. I do not think that they have any influence necessarily on any decision-making. Um, it's, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible that Maybe I mentioned Wancho and maybe someone said, oh yeah, let's, let's look at that and, and let's put him on the list. Or maybe someone heard me say that and goes, yeah, catch up, buddy. We've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, I, I don't know how deep it goes, but uh, I do know that the team consumes Boston media and I don't think that influences a whole hell of a lot. Um, for all I know, they listen to what I say and read what I write and use it as jokes around the water cooler. They're like, can you believe Corrales said this? <laughs> um, which, which, considering how detailed the NBA is, I'm probably like uh, way, way, way behind on stuff. But yeah, yeah, who knows? It was cool. It's been cool. I've had, I've had members of the organization come up to me and say things. So, um, that's, that's cool. Mark, we'll wrap it up with this. Says, enjoy your vacation. Thank you. <laughs> How many times have I said vacation? I only mentioned my vacation because in the next two weeks, I've pre-recorded something. 
I want you to know, I want you to be prepared for the two weeks of podcast that looks all the same. And if anything happens in the middle of it, I can't really do a podcast. So unless it's huge, I mean, I'll have my laptop with me, unless it's so mega huge that it's world changing that I have to, uh, I'm not going to. So if there's any little bit of news and you're wondering like, why is John doing a Brad Stevens episode? That's why, that's why I bring it up. I'm not trying to rub my vacation in anybody's face. Uh, but anyway, Mark asks, uh, we all know the men on the team, but really we don't know their personalities. Can you tell us a little more about these guys? Like, what are they like? Who would you want to grab a beer, coffee, or a meal with? Which of these guys are easy to get along with, etc. So I don't know a ton about these guys. I mean, my, I, I do have access. I, I, under normal circumstances, I was in the locker room, uh, post-game, pre-game. So you get to see guys like... I could see that um, that you know certain guys were friends and certain guys were you know didn't seem to talk a whole lot. Uh, you could tell who um, who was friends with whom and and, and all of that stuff. Um, you can see, I could see that, like for example, Jason Tatum is very dry with the media. You see him in the post games. You see him on NBC Sports Boston after games and. You ask him a question, he goes, um, yeah, blah, 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 and stops. And you're like, okay, buddy, give me a little something more. In the locker room, when he's not talking to the media, he's just like a normal guy. He's just a normal 23-year-old and joking around and having fun and all of that. So he's guarded with the media. When you put the camera on him, he's very careful about what he says. But he's, he's you know, a fun-loving guy, joking around, busting balls, like, He's just a normal guy. So if there's one guy who his public persona might be a little bit different than his private one, and I'm only saying private one from like just some of the things that I've seen. I've always said I don't hang out with these guys. I don't, I don't know any of these guys beyond the little access that I've had. But um, who would I want to grab a beer with? I mean, I, look, I, I, I'm a basketball nut. So any of them, any of them really, like if any, if any NBA player wants to sit down and have a beer and talk basketball with me, I'd be happy to like any NBA coach any NBA GM or front office person or owner. Uh, I love having those conversations. I've talked to some owners. I've talked to some GMs and had some casual conversations with people. And it's always just fun to just guard down I'm it's off the record. We're just, you know, talking, whatever. That's, that's always fun. Um, some guys are a little easier to kind of connect with. I will say that Kemba Walker genuinely was accommodating and I forget what the story was. I asked him some silly question. I think, I think I was trying to figure out I was doing a story about like, why do guys spin the ball before you take a free throw? Just a silly idea that I had. And I asked Kemba that, that thing. And he, it, some guys were just like, I don't know, I don't know, whatever. And they just blew me off. Okay, fine. Um, Kemba was like really thoughtful and really into it and gave me his answer and explained how his free throw routine changed and how he used to spin it a lot more and all of that stuff. He was very much like, once you get to talking to him, he was just a nice guy, or is a nice guy. I shouldn't say that. He is a nice guy. I talk about past tense like he's not here. Um, 
He's, <laughs> he's just in New York. Uh, he is a nice guy and he is very thoughtful and will accommodate you. And no matter what the questions are, really, he'll just, he'll kind of roll with it. He's, he was, uh, one of the easier guys to talk to, but all of them have their, their things that they like to talk about and, and will kind of lean into sometimes. Um, funniest thing I can tell you is, and I don't know why he did this. I'll end with this. One time I asked for Carson Edwards for Lord knows what. And, um, at that, what normally happens is practice is over. You get to be down there for the end of practice. You ask PR, you're like, we all put in our names. Like, I'd like to talk to this guy. I'd like to talk to this guy. And so I asked for Carson Edwards for something (laughs) and I'm standing there. And one of the PR folks brings Carson over and says, Carson, John Corrales would like to uh, ask you a couple of questions. Carson rolled his eyes, like gave like the Liz Lemon eye roll. I have no idea what I ever did to him or sent to him or what it was. He just gave me the eye roll. It really was hilarious. I don't know why. Um, and we, you know, every time, we, every time we've spoken since it's been fine, but Carson Edwards giving me that eye roll is one of the funnier moments, uh, in my, in my journalistic career. I think it's funny when, when players try to dunk on me and, or get it, whatever, like sometimes I deserve it. I get it. I'm not going to be one to take it personally. Um, it's, it's, it's really funny. I was the one in the Clippers locker room that asked Patrick Beverly about Marcus smart a couple of seasons ago. And that whole thing, that whole little feud between Marcus smart and Patrick Beverly kicked up, um, because he rolled his eyes at me. I was the one that asked. So funny to just see how what triggers certain players. I'm not trying to trigger you. It's just I'm trying to ask a question. And the dynamic is is wild. Sometimes it works. Sometimes players give you something. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you – I will say I've asked pretty bad questions sometimes. Sometimes I think I ask good ones. Sometimes I you – know, it, it's different. Um, there are times where it's quiet and I feel like – I need to ask a question or, or sometimes other guys aren't in the room yet. Uh, they aren't in the zoom yet. And I feel like I need to ask a question now. So this guy can start talking and other guys can come in in case they want to ask a question. So I fire something off. That's pretty lame. Just like a basketball player, man. Sometimes you take a shot and it swishes. Sometimes it bounces off the side of the backboard. That's how it is. That's how it is. All right. I'll leave it at that. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for a full off season. Stick around for the next two weeks for the seven part Brad Stevens deep dive with me, Chuck McKenney, Mike Dinan. That'll take you through the next two weeks. When I come back, preseason will be just underway. The first practices will be underway. We'll start to get some sense. We'll hear from, we'll start hearing from Ime Odoka on a regular basis. So there'll be much more to talk about. Of course, you can always send your questions in johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Uh, Do that. If you're new and you've gotten this far, subscribe to the show, please. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Hit that bell. Get notified whenever I drop a new episode. And of course, share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell everybody, spread the word that they should be listening, listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.